goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. It's time for the soul of excellence. He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush, Rush. Now here's Bo Snurdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Welcome, my friends, to the Monday edition of Bo Snurdly's Rush Hour here on WABC Talk Radio 77. Yes, indeed. We are the crown jewel of American radio. We welcome your calls at 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. And, of course, news bursting from the seams, as is every day. There are no more slow news days. Every day is packed with more news than we can possibly get to. We'll start today with the uh, Hunter Biden uh, fiascos <clears throat> and and transition a little bit later into what's going on with the university presidents. I don't know how many of you saw the Saturday Night Live uh, skit that has raised so much controversy. They got so panned for it. I don't watch Saturday Night Live, haven't in decades. Not a funny show, not worth my time, but I did review the clip. Not funny as Saturday Night Live isn't. And easy to see why this particular opening fueled so much, I don't know, abject scorn and ridicule, I suppose. There are some other stories in the news as well worth covering, and we'll try to get to as much as we can. You are welcome to call in with anything. As for Hunter Biden, his lawyer, Abby Lowell, and I have to hand it. Oh, before we do that, a quick aside. Rich, right before the show, Rich Radabali, our brilliant executive producer, Rich Radabali mentioned to me that today, uh, in 1972, I believe Rich said, was the last moonwalk. And that was Apollo, what, I think Apollo 17? You said it was Apollo 17, correct, Rich? Apollo was one of the, of course, yes, the Apollo, Apollo missions. Yes, Apollo 17 was the final mission where the uh, men walked on the moon. And that happened today, 1972, December 11th. I just think that is such a tragedy. From 1972 until now, we had this great, incredible space race that did take us to realize the promise that President Kennedy made when he was inaugurated that men would walk on the moon within a 10-year period. We did that. America did that. It was an incredible effort. And then we went up 17 times. By the end, no one paid attention anymore to the, to the moonwalks because it had been done so well. Of course, there were tragedies along the way. I'll never forget January 27th, 1967, when we lost three astronauts on the launch pad at Kennedy. Gus Grissom among them. And it was, that was just tragic. And that was all in preparation for us getting to the moon. Can you imagine what would have happened if we had continued our efforts at the same pace? to explore space and to explore the moon, well, I think we would have benefited greatly. NASA, of course, right now, 
is make they are making plans to return to the moon. But there has been if if you are under fifty years old, you don't remember Americans going to the moon. You don't remember it. It didn't happen in your lifetime. It's something you read about. Oh yeah, we did it, but you don't remember seeing it happen. And what a waste of of 50 years where we could have accumulated vast amounts of knowledge. I mean, at this point, you, you look at the telescopes that are now deep space that are looking at the beginning of the physical creation. We could have had and we could have had an astronomy base on the moon where light from Earth would not have been a problem. There are all kinds of things we could have done. Anyway, thanks for that, Rich, for reminding us. Um, Hunter Biden's lawyer, <clears throat> Abby Lowell, says he is stunned by his client's indictment. He was stunned when Hunter was indicted last week on tax charges. He says the prosecutors refused his pleas to even have a meeting. And he is accusing those prosecutors, special counsel David Weiss, the Department of Justice, of bowing to outside political pressures. He said today that these, the new indictment brought by special counsel David Weiss He's asking a question. Yes, I'm sorry. I just saw a text asking if the moon landing really happened. Yes, the moon landing really happened. It, yes, despite the continued conspiracy theories out there, America did go to the moon multiple times. It happened. So Mr. Weiss, getting back to it, is asking the question, he says, as to the mounting charges, people just need to ask the question, what changed between June and December other than Republican political pressure? He was on PMSNBC When he asks, and you know something, this is a great question. And I commend Mr. Lowell, Hunter Biden's attorney, for asking it. What changed? Because there is an answer to what changed. Mr. Lowell also said that Hunter Biden's critics were trying to besmirch the president's son as a way to get to Joe Biden. I am not trying to be mean-spirited when I say to you that Hunter Biden doesn't need anybody to besmirch him. He may have recovered now, and perhaps that substance that was discovered in the White House recently, when he happened to be in close proximity, Perhaps it wasn't his. There's been no evidence to suggest that it was his. 
Nobody knows where that coat came from that was found in the White House. Amazing. These people can tell you everybody that was at a January 6th rally, but they can't find out who brought cocaine into the White House. But that aside, Hunter Biden needs nobody to besmirch him. He may have cleaned up his act now, and if he did, we hope he continues to lead a look. No one wants to go through what he went through in terms of drug addiction. That is a scourge. I don't want to see anybody addicted to drugs the way he was addicted to drugs. He had a drug problem when he was dismissed from the Navy, and he did not apparently see that as a corrective incentive. (laughs) The drugs continued, and we know what was the result. But he besmirched himself. All of the activities that have been known about Hunter Biden's life were because Hunter Biden not only lived that life, but he documented it and was proud of it. The pictures didn't happen by accident. They happened because he or had someone take them or he took them himself. The money trail didn't happen by accident. That was money that was spent by him for the purposes that he spent it on. No one else did that. Now, as to the question that that Abby Lowell asked, what changed? I'll tell you what changed, Mr. Lowell, and you don't seem in all of your remarks to acknowledge that certain things did change. What changed was that we had two whistleblowers go before the House of Representatives. And those whistleblowers documented credibly that the Department of Justice was trying to quash the investigation. And they were prepared to let Hunter Biden off with a deal that most Americans would not, would not ever be subject to. And that was because of his last name, and because his dad is the president. Once it became clear what you people on Hunter Biden's legal team and the same Mr. Weiss, who's now indicting Hunter, had cooked up, and once it got before the judge, in light of the whistleblower testimony, people said, no way. If you do this, this is just further proof of the weaponize Department of Justice and the dual standard of justice. So what happened, Mr. Lowe, was scrutiny. People paid attention. And they questioned, why are you why are you guys at the Justice Department trying to give Hunter a deal to let him escape accountability? And once it's called sunlight, Mr. Lowell, and once sunlight was put on your actions, his legal team's actions, and on the actions of the Department of Justice, that deal, which, by the way, was constitutionally questionable, was thrown out because no one wanted to be a party to it, including the prosecution, the DOJ, who helped write the deal to try to let Hunter off and put this whole thing underneath the ground where nobody would see it again. 
Mr. Lowe also is making him out to be his client a victim. He says, all the issues that the U.S. Attorney's Office knew over the five years, what happened with his lateness while he was, as everyone knows, at the bottom of the barrel of his addiction to crack cocaine, which explains a lot of his misconduct. It also addresses whether he was in what they call a scheme as opposed to the dullest part of addiction. That's what's going on. Well, let me just address that. There are tens of thousands perhaps even hundreds of thousands of Americans who are behind bars right now because they committed crimes while, quote-unquote, at the bottom of the barrel of addiction. America's prisons and jails are full of people who abused substances and who did criminal acts while they were in the throes of their addiction. And you know what the justice system does to them? They hold them accountable. Drugs addiction is not an excuse for criminal behavior. We see that over and over again. Now, it may mitigate the factors. In fact, there is a case today I'm trying to remember where I read it. It's it's of it's of a guy who Yes, this this person raped his teacher and did all sort of abuses to his teacher, teenager. And his lawyers are pointing out that he was on a prescribed substance at the time and that substance made him volatile, horrific mood swings and etc. Now, does Do I find that kind of a defense potentially credible? Yes. Drugs and, and, the, and, and the, the nature of some of the prescription medicines that people take can have all sorts of effect on one's mental processes. Is it reasonable to consider that people that are using prescription drugs can sometimes act in ways that they would not normally act? Yes, it is entirely conceivable. But you know what? I believe in this sentence I read this this teenager, who's 17 years old, was sentenced to 40 years in jail. That argument wasn't accepted for the behavior. And so, Mr. Law, when you talk about Hunter Biden and you're telling us that we should feel bad because he was at the bottom of the barrel of his addiction, we're not denying that. I don't think anyone's denying that. And I don't think that there is anyone, at least that I know of, and that I would hope that would wish Hunter Biden or his family any ill or and, and wish that he would have not risen above and conquered this terrible drug addiction that he was on. We acknowledge that. He was on drugs. And crack addiction uh, addiction in particular has horrid stories. We can go back and find, as I said, tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people in jail right now for behavior that they were engaged in while addicted to crack cocaine. So, acknowledged, 
That's still not an excuse, Mr. Lowell. And he, Hunter Biden, deserves his due process. He deserves a fair and a legitimate defense for his actions. But that doesn't mean that we should completely ignore his actions because he was a drug addict. And it certainly doesn't mean that we should ignore what transpired because that phony deal that you and David Weiss had cooked up fell apart when scrutiny was finally paid to it. So, yes, Mr. Law, you're a good lawyer. You're representing your client. But you know what? Nah, it doesn't fly. James Golden, a.k.a. Snerdley, 1964 on this day. Sam Cook shot dead at the Hacienda Motel in L.A. The manager of the hotel, Bertha Franklin, told police that she had killed Mr. Cook in self-defense because he attacked her. Police found Sam Cook's body in her apartment office, apartment office, apartment office, clad only in a sports jacket and shoes, no shirt, no pants, no undies. Miss Franklin was found to have committed justifiable homicide. And she was not criminally prosecuted for the death. She did not have to go to do chain time. To be a part of the chain gang. Sam Cook, one of America's early superstars. Dead this day, 1964. The Rush Hour is on the air. Attention Ditto Heads. Attention Bo Scouts. Rush. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. In 1954, ladies and gentlemen, one of the Jacksons makes an appearance. Jermaine Jackson is born. Later, of course, when the other brothers got together, they would become the first group to debut with four consecutive number one hits on the Hot 100. I Want You Back, ABC, The Love You Save, I'll Be There. And this one was Jermaine's debut album. Well, no, it wasn't his debut album. He did an album early on when he was a teenager. He did two or three of them. And then... There was a lull, and he came out with this one. 
And Stevie wrote this song for him and had another song, too, on this album, Jermaine. And, of course, this was his biggest solo hit to date. I have great memories seeing Jermaine and, and Michael when they were young at Madison Square Garden. And Jermaine back then was just as popular as Michael. And he would sing lead on Mama, I Think I Found That Girl and uh, some of the others. Jermaine Jackson, immensely talented. And a nice guy, too. On WABC Talk Radio 77. Okay, let's get to some of the other news. Uh, let's see. There, Look, we know what's going on at Harvard. We know what's going on at the University of Pennsylvania. The University of Pennsylvania president has resigned. There is another story that is not getting attention because it's overshadowed by these, and it's happening in Wisconsin. And it doesn't have any, well, it has something to do, but it doesn't. Wisconsin's top Republican lawmaker, he is the Assembly Speaker, Robin Voss. I'll give you the short version of this story. He reached a deal with the University of Wisconsin President, Jay Rothman, to give pay raises to the university's staff, I believe it's 4% raises, and to fund an outrageously expensive new engineering building. In return, he, they said, okay, we're going to start making some cuts to this DEI, this diversity and inclusion and inclusivity business. We're going we're gonna to take a swipe at some of that and just claw back some of the stuff that you guys have been doing there. In exchange for 4% pay raises for all of the 35,000 University of Wisconsin employees, and that pay raise would be retroactive until July 1st. So they got a deal, also $200 million to build a new engineering building. They made a deal. You know what happened? The leftists got upset with the deal. The Board of Regents got together and said, no, 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 no. We're not signing on to this. And so he's saying, oh, that's it. You guys don't want to abide by the term of the deal. No raises. The raises have to be approved by the legislature. No, we're not going to do this. But they are insisting, the leftists, screw the deal. We want the raises. We want the new building, but we are not going to give up this diversity, inclusion, and, ex and, and this DEI stuff. We're not going to give it up. This diversity, equity, and inclusive business. Under that deal, also the University of Wisconsin-Madison would have been forced, get this, they would have been forced to accept applicants who finish at the top 5% of their class in any of Wisconsin's high schools. And the leftists don't want it. So if you actually are an achiever, you do everything right, your grades are good, you 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 graduate in the top 5% of your class, the leftists want to keep you out of that school in favor of these DEI candidates. 
Never mind merit. What you look like. What you look like. What your, your identity group is, is more important than what you've done. That's what they are fighting for. And that will take us into, when we get back, what's going on at Harvard, what's going on at University of Pennsylvania, MIT. Oh, yeah, we played this the other day. And today we can play it again because 1940, David Gates, singer, songwriter, musician, producer, co-lead singer for the group Bread was born. This went number one in 1970. It's the Rush Hour with Bo Snerdly. Goes by the pseudonym Bo Snerdly. Rush. Now here's Bo Snerdly. One of the early groups to make it big under the Motown label, the Marvelettes. 1961, this one went number one. Please, Mr. Postman. The drummer on this is uh, Marvin Gaye, 22 years old at the time. Covered by the Carpenters, it went to number one as well back in 1975. And don't forget the Beatles covered it too. Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Diego. Marvelettes on WABC Talk Radio 77. Okay, there is an excellent uh, editorial today in the Wall Street Journal, and I'll find it, Paul, as you go, on this business at Harvard. The Washington Post also has a story about it. They say that uh, Liz McGill's departure at, at uh, Penn State, she resigned over the University of Pennsylvania's president, resigned over the weekend over her atrocious performance at those hearings. Uh, others are calling, she says, she says the Democrats and Jewish groups are celebrating the exit, but others are calling her resignation a loss for free speech. They are predicting, this is the catchphrase, they are predicting that it will imperil the rights of students and professors to speak their mind as donors and politicians step in to shape free speech rules. Where have these people been? Where have they been? Free speech on college campuses? That train left the station years ago. As conservatives, there has been no free speech. In fact, it was pointed out, at least Stefani pointed out, that there were rules about the use of pronouns. If you don't go along with the liberal agenda, you're squelched, you're out, you're disciplined. So, I mean, free speech, it will in the future 
It's going to, it's a prediction. It's going to imperil the rights of students. Please spare us. Look at what happens when conservatives try to speak at some of these universities. They're greeted by mobs. Look at the professors, the law professor that tried to speak out there in California. And he had the, the university, one of the university deans and students had a, it was almost like a lynch mob after this guy. And they're predicting that it's going to imperil free speech because students can't proclaim and professors that they want to see the Jewish people wiped out, that they want to see a final, quote-unquote, a final solution for the Jewish people from the river to the sea? People have got to be kidding. But they're not kidding. And that's the scary part. The head of the Anti-Defamation League joined others in criticizing the Saturday Night Live skit. Now, as I said to you, they haven't been funny for decades. What's surprising about that? They're not funny. You had this so-called actress exaggerating like crazy, trying to make Elise Stefanik, she was playing Elise Stefanik, look like a total idiot for questioning these people on genocide. No one except these, and the actress, by the way, I forget her name because it's uh, Saturday Night Live, who cares? The actress that was originally put in that role backed out of it because she felt so uncomfortable with this so with this skit. Hey, Saturday Night Live, anyway. So next is Claudine Gay. Now, Claudine Gay, there are some bloggers that have accused her of plagiarism. That one is not holding up so well. One of the people that she that she supposedly plagiarized and said, "Hey, she cited my work." Oh, what these charges are about? She has also had 640 faculty members at Harvard signing a letter of support. What does that tell you? 640, including some of the big names, the Lawrence tribes. Ms. Gay, before she became president, was the professor of government and of African and African-American studies. She's been the president since July. Hadn't been there long. But one of the key donors at um, Ackerman is looking into, he, he has just gone ballistic over her. Says she showed no respect for the basic American legal principles when she fired the Harvard Law School professor, Robert Sullivan, he uh, represented Harvey Weinstein. A lot of t- uh, students got mad at that, so she fired him. Apparently, that's what he's saying. That's his story. So we shall see. We shall see. There are trucks around Harvard asking that she remove herself, that she resign. The board at Harvard is convening to meet on her future. Now, the article that I referenced earlier from the Wall Street Journal, the editorial board, the Ivy League mask falls, the great benefit of last week's performance by three elite school presidents before Congress is that it tore the mask off the intellectual and political corruption of much of the American academia. 
the world was appalled by the equivocation of the academic leaders when asked if advocating against advocating genocide against Jews violated their codes of conduct. But, says the Wall Street Journal, the episode merely revealed the value system that has become endemic at too many prestigious schools. And they go on. It is a brilliant editorial. You can catch it at the Wall Street Journal today if you have time. I want to get to the telephones. And let's start with uh, John in Bergen County, New Jersey. Uh, John, you're on WABC. Mr. Golden, always a pleasure to speak with you. I wanted to make a quick point about the Democrats' agenda and how uh, insincere it is. Global warming has been the number one issue on the Democratic side for 20, 30 years. There's one person who's doing more to combat global warming in the world, and it's Elon Musk. Elon Musk is the most hated man on the left at the moment, and it's simply because he won't virtue signal and buy into this DEI, and he won't allow Twitter to be used to suppress freedom of speech. I'd love to hear what you have to say. Think about that. Well, thank you very much, and I do agree with you. Look, Elon Musk is under attack from all quarters on the left, and these are the people who loved Elon back Tesla, oh, goodness, electric cars, he was a savior. The moment he said we're going to, the moment he started talking about free speech and making Twitter a free speech speech platform, he became enemy number one or enemy dependent because they have a lot of enemies. He's up there with their top enemies, and they're doing everything they can to talk about besmirch, to besmirch him to drive advertisers away, and I'm glad he's suing Media Matters, and to try to wreck that business, because the last thing they want is free speech, especially coming into an election cycle. Brilliant point. Albany, New York. Brad, you're up next. Hey, Bo, how you doing? I called a few weeks ago about asking, what was your favorite Russism? Uh, in terms of like shifty shift, or what was the famous? What was your favorite nickname that he had? Oh, for goodness, nicknames! I don't. There were so many of them, and I don't know whether I even have a favorite. I mean, it goes all the way back. I remember when David Dinkins took over. He called him General David Dinkins and would play the F F Troop theme. And then he had, and then we had a parody of it with with special lyrics. Um. Uh, over the years, there have been just so many of them. Uh, it, and as for Russisms, I would really have to think about that, a favorite. There were so many things that he, do, he did. One of the things that he would say, I mean, he had so many witty things that explain so lot, uh, explain so much. For instance, when Rush actually spent a monologue devoted to symbolism over substance, what the Democrats were doing was putting symbolism ahead of substance in political debate. And that still holds, and we can see that reflected. How can you go past his undeniable 24 truths of life? And those were hysterical. The left hated those. Uh, so besides just names for people, but it, it was so many, so many Russisms. So I don't know. I don't know whether I have a favorite. There are just so many. Thank you for the call, Brad. Appreciate that. It is time, ladies and gentlemen, for us to check in with Lou Dobbs. Born today, 
1960, this went number one. I'm sorry. So sorry. Yeah, so sorry. That I was such a fool. 800-848-WABC is the number to reach us. Coming back, more of your calls. Stay right where you are. Post and early's rush hour continues. It's the Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Birthday today, Curtis Williams, cooling the gang. Cooling the gang, enduring superstars on the American music scene. Happy birthday to Curtis Williams. Also, let me mention Daryl Jones' birthday today is also today. Daryl Jones, he's a bassist. Those of you who've seen the Stones perform since 1993, Daryl's handling the bass there with the Stones. Worked with Miles, Miles Davis, Herbie Hancock, Sting, Peter Gabriel, Madonna, Eric Clapton, Joan Armour Trading. His career is amazing. Also, another session musician. Chester Thomas, born today, too. Zappa, Weather Report, Phil Collins, Santana, Genesis. Yeah, happy birthday, all of them. Let's head to uh, the uh, telephones. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, presents Rapid Phones. Terry, you're on WABC with James Golden. Bo Snurdy, how are you, Terry? Nice to meet you on the phone. Uh, the one thing that's been buzzing around my head for two years, that the great, the, your great boss, Rush, left with me, is his sarcastic, gentle sarcasm, because he did always respect his enemy or the other side of the, 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 the fight that we're in, was Michelle Marbell. She Michelle Mabel Obama. Yeah, she is it. All this noise and all the fireworks have nothing to do with his foresight and the truth in the pit of my belly that she's it. She's well, you and Princess right. Diana, you and Princess Diana agree with that. Then Di- Princess Diana has been saying this for over a year. That at the last minute, it will be Michelle Mybell that will happen at a convention fight, uh, at a floor fight at the Democrat National Convention. So apparently you also believe that Michelle Obell will be the Democrat nominee. The, the monster Dios, Deus Machina in the opera, the great opera of the form. This is my fear. Well, let me tell you what I think about that. Michelle Obama is not going to give up the good life. She hated her tenure in the White House. She referred to the White House as a prison almost. And those weren't her exact words. I don't believe maybe they were. She didn't like it. She didn't like the, uh, the, the attention. And so I don't know. Princess Diane, I have a, a very long standing disagreement about this. And she loves the good life. She loves hanging out with the celebrity class. She loves 
going on stage with Bruce Springsteen, hanging out with Beyonce and, and taking entourages over to, you know, Europe and the world. She's not going to give up the good life to get in the political fray. They're wealthy beyond belief now. Why would she give all of that up and also give up the adoration that millions of American people have for her to enter the political fray? One thing is assured when you accept the job as president of the United States, that would be if she won, which I don't think she would anyway, even if she were the nominee. Why in the world would you subject yourself to half the country hating your guts almost the minute that you step in the job. And that definitely applies. Well, it applies to Republicans. Not so much. See, the funny thing about it, I think a lot of people wanted Obama to succeed. But after two terms of Obama, nah, they're done with the Obamas too. Half the country at least. So I disagree. Respectfully, and I love you. Andrew and Stanhope, you're up next on WABC. Why would you want to go back to the White House, which he said was partially built by slaves and freaking her out? But if that freaks her out, slavery, why is she then a Democrat who is the party of slavery and Jim Crow? But I want to say, speaking of hypocrisy, Joe Biden stood on the Senate floor with what was supposed to be a crack cocaine. And he said, I want you locked up if you have that. I don't ironically, I don't want you near my family. Yet his son's not locked up. He actually brings it into the White House. He drives in the car, like he said, and videotapes himself. Now, let me just let, let us be clear. Let us be clear about something. We do not know whether he brought that into the White House. This latest batch of cocaine that was found in the White House. We don't know that was him. Somehow or another, with all the intelligence, with all the law enforcement, with all the investigations, they can't find who did it. They can't trace it. Just like they'll never find who leaked that Supreme Court decision on Roe versus Wade. Just like they'll never find Hillary Clinton's missing 30,000 emails. Just like they'll never find the true answers to Benghazi. Just like they'll never find the answers to Fast and Furious, the gun running program under Obama. They can't find things when Democrats are accused. And on that happy note, may God bless each and every single one of you, your family, your loved ones. Love and gratitude for your being here with me and allowing me to be with you. And, God willing, we will be back tomorrow for the Tuesday edition of Bosnerly's Rush Hour. Bye.